Good morning. It is time to get up with D-Day for A.A. Ron. It's now or never for the legend and the Jets. We've got the up to the second latest. Meanwhile, blockbuster trades over the weekend. Did the Dolphins make themselves the team to beat with the big fish that they caught? And did the Bears make the right decision, dealing away number one overall? Those are the questions. We've got all your answers as we get up with you starting right now. Oh, by the way, Selection Sunday and the Tournament Challenge is underway. Already more than four million men's and women's brackets have been created and yours should be next. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to fill out your brackets. Meanwhile, we are loaded up and ready to go this morning. Here we go. Graziano's got stories all morning long. Tannenbaum is making trades. He's got phones galore sitting over here. We got Shefty with us all morning long. We got Orlovsky ready to go. Lewis Riddick will jump in here. My uncle Seth Greenberg, no relation, will join us later as well on this enormous day as we are right now four hours away just a tick under from the unofficial start of free agency. Deals can be agreed to starting at 12 noon Eastern. And of course, we're eagerly awaiting a decision from Aaron Rodgers on his future. Rodgers spoke with Brandon Marshall on the I Am Athlete show over the weekend, communicating, at least by his standards, a sense of urgency when it comes to deciding his NFL future. How was it meeting Woody Johnson? How was that meeting? Oh, that was, that was, you know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. That's all I'm giving you. I'm just there now. That's all I'm giving you. Hey, Rod. Little bit Try of back. chemistry here. What, what are we doing, Hey, Rod? Stay tuned. Stay tuned? How Stay long tuned. we got to wait? Well, I think it won't be long. There's a, there's a, there's a time, there's a time limit. All right, so by Aaron's standards, as I say, Shafty, that is like he's, that, that's him being urgent. <laughs> that's, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that, that's Aaron Rodgers' definition of being in a hurry. All right, I can't take this. What is the latest, <laughs> Shafty, on Aaron Rodgers? Well, Greeny, last week when you were debating whether or not you could go to a Broadway show while we waited <laughs> for news about Aaron Rodgers being on the brink of signing, I told you, go to theater that day. And if you had gone to theater that day, you could have gone and seen practically every Broadway show all weekend long and still not had a decision from Aaron Rodgers. And we continue to sit and wait. And let me just say this. If we go back one year to the start of free agency, the Sunday night before the negotiating window began at noon on Monday, Tom Brady came out of retirement. And he came out of retirement because he knew and recognized that his team had to make moves the next day, including re-signing their center, Ryan Jensen. The Jets are just sitting and waiting on the word from number 12, whether or not he will or won't play, whether or not he will or won't retire. And really, when you boil it down, it comes down to two primary options for Aaron Rodgers. Either he's going to play football in New York with the Jets, or he's going to retire. Now, yes, he could always go back to Green Bay. There are other options out there. There always could be another team. But the two primary options right now are play for the New York Jets or retire. We heard the Packers president, Mark Murphy, on Friday talk in the past tense about the career that Aaron Rodgers had had in Green Bay. And if Aaron Rodgers says, I want to go back to Green Bay, well, then then they'd have a trade request from Jordan Love, who would want to leave because it would be a sticky situation. So in the end, we can boil it down to the two basic choices that he has right now with all those things on the outside. 
play for the Jets or retire. The Jets are waiting, and they need to know. And they need to know because at noon today, some team is going to be allowed to swoop in and negotiate and try to come to an agreement with Jimmy Garoppolo. So if the Jets lose Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers retires, what are they doing at quarterback? Now we go on to plan D and E and F, and there are only so many options you can deploy a quarterback. So if you want to go out and see a movie matinee this afternoon while we wait for a decision, you might be okay to do that too, Greeny. <laughs> I better not. I'm telling you right now. I, the only thing, there better be a short, an awful short play if he's not going to make a decision by the time we do it. Let me bring everybody in. Shefty's with us here as we go. Tannenbaum. So you just heard what he said, and that is the urgency. Look, there's a million different ways right. in which this is urgent. But the big one is the Jets have to have, he's right, it's not even plan B. I think Derek Carr was plan B. Right. I'm not sure what letter we're ultimately going to be up to in the right. alphabet here, but you were once upon a time the general manager of this team. What are we doing? Well, to Shefty's point, I have Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay on this phone, and I have Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent on this phone. You need leverage if you're the New York Jets. You have to be ready to go on whatever it is, Greeny, plan B, C, and D. You can't count on Aaron Rodgers until every T is uh, crossed and every I is dotted. I am going hard after Jimmy Garoppolo at noon today, Greeny, because until Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, he isn't. And it would be catastrophic for the Jets not to get Derek Carr, Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo, given what they've done so far. So to me, as Adam just alluded to, Greeny, I am working really hard on an alternative until Rodgers is a Jet. Well, Orlovsky, I mean, help me out with this here because I, I, I'll say he's one of your brethren because, you know, he's a quarterback and you're a quarterback. And, I mean, <laughs> Shefty just pointed – I know, I mean, it is what it is. Shefty just pointed out that, you know, Brady made this decision in order to give the team time to do stuff. And I have to believe Rodgers, if he's going to come to the Jets, wants the Jets to be in the best position to be able to win. They need to be able to make whatever other moves they need to make here. What is your sense of what's going on? I think Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is a done deal. I felt that for like a week. I just, I honestly believe that. Because I think they're trying to figure out how to make it work. His agent, David Dunn, is one of the best in the business. And I think I know Dave well enough. He was my agent as well. And I know how he operates. And Dave very rarely misses. And I think they're just trying to figure out between both parties how to get this done. And um, I think, like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, from his perspective, because I understand where Mike T's coming from with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike T thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is Joe Montana, by the way. I've never (laughs) – I I, I, like – like, we got to get this done. If you're Aaron Rodgers and you want to play football this year, right, the team that you have played football for doesn't watch you there anymore. They want to move on, and it's time. Where's the best place? Like, where's the – out of the realistic options, where's the best place? It's no question the New York Jets. So, at some point, Aaron Rodgers isn't trying to hold this situation hostage. He's allowed the time. I just think Aaron Rodgers is telling his people, hey, let's make this happen. Figure out a way to um, – the financial aspects of it or um, who's going to take more responsibility in the contract. I don't want to play there for one year. I want to play there for more than one year. Dan, Dan, let me boil it down. Basically, most people, there are a lot of people who think Aaron Rodgers ultimately will decide to play for the Jets. But if he wanted it done right now, it will be done. And I can tell you, in the Jets building, they don't know what's going on. So basically, if Aaron Rodgers gives the word right now, next hour, 
this afternoon, tomorrow, whenever, they will get on the phone, they will get done the deal with Green Bay, they will get a restructured contract with Rodgers done, which may already be in place. That is not the impediment. None of those issues are the impediment. The impediment is one man giving his word to the Jets to tell them, I am playing, which he has not done yet, right. which they've waited all weekend to hear, which everything else is lined up. But he may say today, he could say, I'm not playing. And that's it. Okay? So they're waiting for word from him. It's very simple. If he wants to play, he's going to be a Jet. They're going to figure out the contract. They're going to figure out the trade. He's going to play in New York. Literally, they're waiting for the word from one man to see who will be the quarterback of this team this and probably next year or whether they do have to go to plan B. It's that There is nothing done with Aaron Rodgers. They are waiting. If you know something that everybody in the Jets building doesn't, please let them know because they're miserable and they're I just they're think drained. they're going to get it done, Shefty. I just, I, I just think – I just – the, from, from for weeks now, I have felt like this is just going to happen. It oh, just needed it to might. have the time. I, that, that's my point. It might. Well, if, anyway. if it's going to happen, it would be very considerate of him to let them know today. <laughs> it would be very considerate to let them know at some point so they can begin to plan and map out their team and sure. not have to worry about getting Jimmy Garoppolo online, yeah, I don't too. think plan B, plan C makes sense. You're, it's plan it, A or another plan A. Well, but, but, hold, but hold on. You could say it doesn't make sense. If Aaron Rodgers, the mercurial, enigmatic Aaron Rodgers, decides today, you know what? I'm going to go back into the darkness, and I'm not going to play anymore. <laughs> what are the Jets doing? I think you're. I still. I still think you're going after Aaron Rodgers if the Jets. I don't think the. Oh, we got to pivot to Jimmy Garoppolo is the move. Is, if he's his not answer playing, is if he's Aaron Rodgers tells them no, they're still going after Aaron Rodgers. Let me get crazy out of it here, Dan. Look, what I think you're hearing are the two. It's, it's sort of like that thing where you got the two angels on your shoulder, right? Yes. Because both of them make sense. Shafty is like saying that. he's not telling them what they want to hear, and Orlovsky, I think, is saying he's going to. Right. Well, he it's hasn't just, he's yet. Just, he hasn't yet. Right. That's the point. So he lives on Aaron time. Right. That's the issue that we have here. And, and Graziano, I'm not going to lie to you. I can't live this way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm texting with people in the Jets building like since the show started. Right. Hearing anything new? No. Still waiting. I mean, that's where the Jets are. I think they feel... Like they've taken their best shot. Right. Like, like, like this is like, like there's no the, the Jets. I don't think can think of a reason why he's going to tell them no. But at at some point they're going to have to know that for sure. And that point is is noon today because they've got not just Jimmy Garoppolo, but I mean the Jets have other free agents that they want to pursue. And the financials of Aaron Rodgers sure. and whatever else is coming in the deal that all has to be sorted out before they can get to that. And that's why GMs have such angst over the next couple of days, Greeny, because. Look, Dan, I get it, Dan, oh, that Jimmy Garoppolo may not be Joe Montana or Johnny Nice, but because Zach Wilson, the bar is so low, you have sure. a massive sense of urgency. We have to improve this position. And I'm just telling you, it would be catastrophic if, for whatever Aaron Rodgers does and his proclivities, but if they lose him and they've already lost Derek Carr, if they lose Jimmy Garoppolo, Greeny, yeah. that's a really bad situation to be in. I understand that. Like, this is a Jets team last year that, you know, I, like, they lost six games last year where I think their, their quarterbacks um, scored four touchdowns. Six one-possession games. So we understand it's a good roster. I think the biggest part of this kind of story is I would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers did not announce this information himself. 
He is a guy that over the past That's couple years on McAfee's show has taken control of his information and yep. the narrative around it. So I, it just comes across as um, a situation that Aaron wants to be the person to communicate this message to everybody else. And I would be surprised if that's not how the case or this situation went down. I just think this is a guy that is 12 months removed from winning MVP. I would be shocked if he retired, and I would be shocked if he's not a New York Jet, personally. Right. I, 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 and I would be devastated. So you and I would have that in common. I would go into the darkness that Shefty just referred to, uh, and, and, and I will try and figure something out. So, all right, we're going to leave it here for the moment. Again, we have everybody, as you can tell, everyone in the world is on the story here. And if there is any news, whether it comes from Aaron or anybody else, you're going to get it immediately here. Meanwhile, we are on uh, finishing up a weekend of enormous trades in the NFL. The Bears giving Justin Fields exactly what he needs. Needs. What is he about to become? We will dive into what they did at number one, plus the Dolphins making a huge trade. But it's something else they did that has our crews sort of scratching their heads. We'll dive into that in just a moment. Oh, we are jammed up today. It's Get Up on ESPN. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
Get Up is brought to you by Chewy. Shop online at Chewy today and get great prices on pet essentials. All right, Dan Graziano, let's run the hurry up. A lot of news out there, starting with Lamar Jackson. What's the latest? You know, Lamar Jackson can solicit offer sheets from other teams starting on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Unlike other potential free agents or franchise players, he can't do that at noon today because you're only allowed to contact, uh, if you're another team, the player's agent, not the player directly. And as we know, Lamar does not have an agent. So watch for teams to start sorting out with potential Lamar pursuits uh, toward the middle and later part of this week, and we hopefully will have a better sense of what, if any, uh, his market is outside of Baltimore. Tennessee Titans have made a lot of moves to cut veterans, get under the cap. Two big-name guys still on their roster, Derrick Henry, uh, the running back, who has been talked about in potential trade discussions. I think it would take a lot to get Derrick Henry from the Titans, but I don't think it's completely impossible on a market where there are a lot of running backs. He could be a standout guy. And Ryan Tannehill, right now they're holding on to him. But if some team gets desperate down the road, say the Jets don't get plan A or plan B, um, then he could be a guy that gets traded uh, as well at some point this offseason. A guy who is going to be traded is Jalen Ramsey, uh, who's going from the Rams to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long. This is a cash dump for the Rams. They're taking a big dead money hit on Jalen Ramsey kind of starting the process of dismantling their Super Bowl team uh, and rebuilding with some draft picks, which, as we all know, they have to replenish their stock of draft picks. Uh, Ramsey goes to Miami, a team that is probably a lot more focused on contending this year than the Rams. Well, look, I mean, RG3 pointed that out. Look at the tweet that he had up moments after this deal was announced. The Dolphins now have two number one wide receivers, two number one corners. Your defense has to deal with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Your offense has to throw against Ramsey and Xavier and Howard. Laud, have mercy, says RG3. And I would throw in there as a reminder, they also traded for Bradley Chubb during the season did. last year. So the Dolphins, Dan Orlovsky, are going for it right now. Where do they fall in your mind in the pecking order of the AFC? Yeah, legit AFC title contenders if they stay healthy. And the AFC we know is absolutely loaded. Um, I think the reality is this. When Tua was healthy last year, this was the best pass offense in football. He averaged 8.9 yards per attempt, 13.7 yards per completion. Those both statistically led the NFL. Uh, I mean, just for more context, their offense when he was healthy, playing quarterback 6.7 yards per play. The Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes, Average 6.4. So there is this reality. Tua, go do it again. Can you do it two years in a row performance-wise? And can you finally stay healthy? But if that happens, this is a team that could be AF legit AFC title contender, uh, AFC championship title contenders. And I think that's the big question moving forward for this organization. I thought it was a no-brainer to pick up his fifth-year option given the performance he had on the field. And no one is a bigger fan of the kid than I am, so I hope it happens for him. So let's make sure everyone knows what Dan is talking about because we hadn't mentioned it. But Tua Tungavailoa, one of the many things that happened this weekend was that the Dolphins told him that they are picking up his fifth-year option, which they did not have to do until May 1st, is May it? May 3rd, or first week of May. So Sometime yeah. then. So that not only do they didn't have to do it at all, but then they, didn't have, they don't have to do it until sometime in May. They've reportedly said that they are picking up his fifth-year option now. Mike Tannenbaum, as a former general manager you were telling me this morning you found that curious yeah the decision itself is understandable but the timing is really curious from this standpoint as Hembo remind me two has only played 71 percent of the snaps since he's been the starter which is remarkably low so there's no sense of urgency he's under contract this year greenie 
and you have until May. So who knows what's going to happen? We've seen the NFL. Things can change. Obviously, Tom Brady's out there reportedly. He has reasons for in his personal life to be by Miami. What happens if Aaron Rodgers wakes up and say, hey, I want to play in a warm climate? A lot of things can happen between now and May. There's no urgency to make this decision. Graziano, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I agree with Mike. It was a surprising move. You haven't seen anyone else pick up their, their player's fifth-year option for 2024 yet, and you don't have to do it yet. Um, they are building a contending roster in Miami. They had one last year. They made the playoffs. They've added to it with Jalen Ramsey. They seem like a win-now team. Tua Tungavailoa, for better or for worse, is a quarterback that comes with question marks going into the 2023 season because of the health issues that he has had since he entered the league. Not because of what kind of player he is, but because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So you're building a roster for a quarterback that you may not be able to count on, and you're building a roster that it looks like you're trying to win the Super Bowl with. There are people around the league, and Mike T. just referenced it, that are still convinced, again, this is outside speculation, they're still convinced that Tom Brady ends up there because they've tried so hard over the last couple years to get him. Uh, Brady has said he's retired. People close to him insist he's retired. Uh, so we take that at, at, at its uh, on face value. But it, it feels like the Dolphins should sort of be thinking bigger at the quarterback position. And I don't know why they would rush to pick up the fifth-year option when they don't have to. Orlowski, final word, go. The Dolphins should be thinking bigger. They were the number one pass offense in the NFL when Tua played. Well, but, the, the Dolphins last week just watched. But the right. Dolphins, but we we live in this. I un, the, the the health thing I understand, but give yeah. me the reasoning or the theory behind not picking the fifth year option up. The health we thing. Just, Dan, That's we the just, reason. I love you. We just watched the Giants <laughs> give Daniel Jones eighty four million dollars guaranteed in his first two years. He never performed the way Tua right. did last year. Dan, never. Dan you're, missing, Dan, you're missing the point. I'm not questioning the decision in as much. The timing of the decision. The timing. Because in two months, something may happen in the next two months. You may come out of retirement, Dan. Who knows? Something may happen in the next two months that makes the Dolphins say, well, wait a second. It could be what Tom Brady. What happens if they again, don't want Tom Brady? What happens if they don't want Aaron Rodgers? What happens if in their organization they sit there and go, we have this young player who's a really, really, really yeah. good player that we think we could win a ton of games with. We don't well, want Tom Brady. We don't want Aaron Rodgers. We want to build around Tua. They wanted Tom Brady so badly that they broke the rules and lost a first-round draft last pick year. in an effort to get him. Yeah, well, Tua was on the team last year, too. I'm just, I, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, it's odd that they would rush to make that decision when they don't have to. Yeah, look, n- neither one – you don't have to be wrong. I mean, or, or, or you don't have to be saying the other is wrong. To be ha- Dan is just saying they should be – they are excited sure. Tua as their quarterback. And the point is, they made a move they didn't have to make that could still have been made well before the season begins. So the timing, may, maybe it is – showing, um, you know, their commitment to him. Let me leave that there for the moment. We were jam-packed with the football all day. Let me continue to show you, however, the chase for history. We show you every time the Bruins play because they're trying to be the greatest team of all time. And I mean that literally. David Pasternak and the Bruins visiting the Red Wings last night. Second period, Red Wings already up 2-0. Dylan Larkin adding to that. This game would start 4-0 Red Wings. But here come the Bruins. They've cut that deficit in half, and they're not done. Pavel Zaka to David Pasternak. It's 4-3. They're right back in it. Just over a minute in regulation now. Same score. Bruins have an extra skater. Charlie McAvoy cross the ice. Pasternak. Oh, what a great opportunity. But it does not go. He did this about an inch off on the side, and the Bruins wind up falling again. 5-3, your final. Uh, They made this a game despite that 
4-0 deficit already clinched a playoff spot with their win on Saturday. They remain on pace to break the NHL single season record for wins and match it four points. Meanwhile, back to football as we continue. The biggest story, the Packers, the Jets, they're waiting. They need a decision from Aaron Rodgers. What is taking so long? We have a theory. We'll get to it as we continue. Plus, who was on upset alert? Selection Sunday. Before you fill out your sheet of integrity, we'll tell you the teams that could go all the way down the road to the final four. That's on the way. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon. Download the Tournament Challenge app and fill out your men's and women's brackets now. We'll get to that in a moment with Seth Greenberg. In the meantime, our top story of the day, we are eagerly awaiting a resolution on the Aaron Rodgers trade front. In case you missed it over the weekend, uh, Packers president Mark Murphy was asked about Rodgers' time in Green Bay and very notably referred to it in the past tense. Give a listen to this. Oh, and the sound seems to be not working. So a little technical issue there. It, it was noticeable. I mean, basically what I just told you is what you need to know about it. He talked about Rodgers, what a great career he had, the four MVPs, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, he, the point he was we were making is that he was talking about him in the past tense. So why don't we bring it out here to the set if we can, Chrissy, and then we will uh, talk about this. Okay, there we go. So we've got Orlowski and everybody again. You are frantically texting left and right, yeah, and the, the Jets just seem at this point to be like everybody else, just sitting and waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They're waiting for a decision. Again, they, I think the Jets believe they've put their best foot forward. I think they know they have a really good chance, but it's not 
final yet. Like, I mean, I, I think, it, you know, you, you, you can talk about confidence all you want. You're dealing with a mercurial person, an Aaron Rodgers, right? So ultimately, you don't know how it's going to turn out. I, if I were the sort of person who bet on things, I would probably say the most likely outcome here is the, is the Jets. But not done. Pretty that, that scene reminds me so much of running an organization, which is we're, we're on the clock here, guys, in three hours and 29 minutes. We have 8 million decisions to make. Are we going after player A, B, and C if Rodgers is here? We're doing D, E, and F if he's not. And we, we have agents. We have cash budgets. We have a salary cap. You have the whole organization. You got your owner. You got your head coach. And you're waiting for one phone call from Aaron Rodgers or his agent. You got to finalize the trade with Green Bay, and it impacts so many things. I can't under uh, overstate that because until you know what's going on, you can't do anything else. And earlier in the show, you know Adam Schefter really laid it out well. Tom Brady understood that they saved Ryan Jensen in free agency because of the timing of the decision. There's such a sense of urgency in that building right now. Like, I could feel it. Yeah, Brady made his decision official last year on the equivalent of yesterday, which was Selection Sunday, which some people were critical of, and understandably so. That's the, the supposed to be about a day that's supposed to be about those, those, you know, all those young kids who made the tournament and, and, and all that kind of stuff, and Brady overshadowed it. But at the end of the day, that's not the Jets' problem. It's not the Packers' problem. It's not anybody else's I, problem. I, I don't think the reason there wasn't news yesterday is because Aaron Rodgers was concerned about Selection Sunday. I, I, I think that's, a, a, that's unlikely to Maybe be Maybe he's busy filling out his brain. Maybe he is. Know. <laughs> we'll ask Seth how far he should have Wisconsin going. Yeah. That said, the one thing that has not come up in, well, has barely come up in all of this, uh, Dan Orlovsky, is as Mark Murphy is talking about Aaron Rodgers in the past tense, is that much of this seems to be precipitated, at least in part, by the Packers deciding they're ready to move on. They're ready to give the ball to Jordan Love. They're ready to let the future start now. At the end of the day, in your opinion, is that the right decision for the Packers to be making right now? Well, it's the only decision. It's time in Green Bay. We knew this was the future for Green Bay the moment they selected Jordan Love. Was it going to take one year, two years, three years? They've got a decision to make on Jordan Love as well. Are they going to pick up his fifth-year option? He's played, what, a game and a half? So the Packers, it's just time for them to make this move. Is it a mistake to move on from Aaron Rodgers? I felt it was the moment they drafted him, but there's the long-standing belief that you take the quarterback when you want to rather than you need to. And if Jordan Love it, it pans out to be the player that at least his fundamental talent projects him to be, this is going to look like a brilliant move for the Green Bay Packers. But there's no question that this there's time or it is time in Green Bay. I felt their offense was a little bit predictable last year given – kind of what Aaron was as a player and then the thumb injury and what he had become accustomed to in Matt LaFleur's offense. I think this gives them the opportunity to grow this offense under Jordan Love. It's just time in Green Bay. Can you imagine, Mike Tannenbaum, I don't know that you ever had anything that would have been similar to this, but being a general manager of an NFL team and actually saying the words on a phone or however it is this is done, I agree to trade Aaron Rodgers to you. You're the person who's sending Aaron Rodgers away from the organization. I mean, that's no matter how you slice it, that can't be an easy thing to do. I remember like yesterday talking to the late great Ted Thompson and John Schneider, the Green Bay Packers, and we had talked for several weeks to get the deal finalized with Brett Favre. And I just remember a late Sunday night when we were actually signing it, they're like, we just need another second here. We are trading away an all-time <laughs> great. And it, yeah. it, it really – it's one of those moments where you really have to pause. I think Dan O teed it up great, Greeny. Like, they made this decision three years ago, but when you're actually signing the trade papers and Aaron Rodgers is a Jet or 
uh, whomever you pause, you're a human, and you understand the accountability that comes with that decision. All right, so again, we cannot possibly overstate the magnitude of the urgency. Rodgers comes with, among other things, a huge contract. The Jets have been somewhat feverishly moving money around over the yeah. course of the weekend, but the way their organization, the way their roster will be shaped starting at noon today, whether they do or don't have Rodgers, are two totally different things, so they need to know this. Final quick they, word. The, the, it's 5.30 in the morning in California where Aaron Rodgers lives. Like, it's... It might, be, it might be okay yet. Yeah, no, right? like, I, that's, that's what you're saying. But, but, they but, need to know by noon, but that's only 9 o'clock his time. So, like, we, we might need to give him a couple hours. I here. understand right. that. No, I'm not giving him a couple of hours. <laughs> right. But the juxtaposition is Tom Brady told the Buccaneers last night right. a year ago. And, again, things are rolling really fast. Well, yesterday was Selection Sunday. And with that thought in mind, let's get Uncle Seth into the conversation because the brackets are out. And here we go with the number one seeds in the men's side of the bracket. Alabama, the top overall seed on the one line for the first time ever. They breezed through the SEC tournament, winning all three games by double digits this weekend. So they're one in the South. Purdue is the one seed in the East, led by National Player of the Year candidate Zach Eady. He's coming off consecutive 30.10 rebound games uh, as Purdue won the Big Ten championship. Reigning national champion Kansas looking to defend its title in a tough West region. Jayhawks can become the first back-to-back -back champ since Florida did it some 15 or so years ago. And Houston is a one seed for the first time since Phi Slamma Jamma. Uh, their star Marcus Sasser's status is in question after he strained his groin on Saturday. Caesars likes Houston, actually, at number one. They're the 6-1 to favorite. That ties the longest odds for the pre-tournament favorite since they expanded the field to 64 teams in 1985. A reminder, Houston will be the home. The city of Houston will be the home for the Final Four this year. And look who's gotten up with us. It's my Uncle Seth, no relation. Seth Greenberg here to break down your bracket. So we just went through the number one seeds. Which seed, Seth, has the most difficult road to the Final Four? First of all, Grady, very impressive that you're multitasking. Aaron Rodgers and the NCAA tournament. That's very <laughs> impressive for you. Uh, the, the most difficult is Purdue. And the reason Purdue is because they got Duke in their bracket. Duke is not a number five seed, but they could play him in a sweet 16. This is a Duke team. Defensively, they can dominate you. They're average, allowing their opponents to shoot about 39% from the field. Excuse me, 49% from the field in the last uh, – Four or five games. This is an elite defensive team, Duke. This is a Duke team that has two seven-footers, Greeny. Two seven-footers. Kyle Filipowski is an absolute matchup nightmare. Their backcourt is elite defensively. They've got rib protection. And like I said, Filipowski is a matchup problem. I like this Duke team. That is a tough matchup for Purdue. One of the few teams that Purdue could face that can actually have a guy in Derek Lively that can look, that can look Zach Eady in the eye. All right, so that's the hardest road. How about the easiest road to the Final Four amongst the top seeds? Uh, it's Alabama, and it has a lot to do with what Alabama's all about. I understand Creighton's in that, that bracket, as is Arizona. But Alabama, they have, to me, the number one college player in the NBA draft, and that's Brandon Miller. He is absolutely a match-up nightmare. Six-foot, nine-inch point guard that can knock down threes, make plays. Just brutal to match up with. This is an elite defensive team. They run you off the three-point line. They run you off the two-point line with their length and athleticism. I call them Noah's Ark. What do I mean by Noah's Ark? They got two of everything. <laughs> Alabama is the most talented, most athletic team in the field. Alabama has the easiest road.
All right, now I'm going to make an admission right now. Billis needs a final four from me for his selection special, and I have been, as you pointed out, so consumed with Aaron Rodgers. I haven't filled out my bracket yet, so help me. What, what, who should I put in the final four? Who's yours? I've got Alabama, Duke, Texas, and UConn. And Alabama, the most talented team. Duke was on nine in a row in the way they're defending right now and their length and athleticism. Texas won the Big 12. They won it without Timmy Allen. He should be back for the NCAA tournament. Uh, their backcourt play is experienced. They got six seniors and then UConn. UConn dominates the glass. They've got to get good point guard play. Tristan Newton's got to play well, but Adama Sinoco's a problem. And Jordan Hawkins is a big-time three-point shooter. That's my Final Four. Okay, so that's, that helps me a lot. I'll probably copy that, all of that from you. In the meantime, <laughs> what I know all the fans are looking for today as they're filling out their sheets of integrity is the juicy upsets, which are brought to you by McDonald's. So give us two juicy upsets in the first round, starting with a 10 seed that you like to win. Yeah, that's Penn State. Penn State has one of the most unique players in college basketball, and that's Jalen Pickett. He backs people down, and when he backs people down, as a guard, you've got to double him. He kicks it out. This is an elite three-point shooting team. They invert their offense. But the reason I have them upset in Texas A&M is Texas A&M relies on turning you over and getting to the offensive glass. Penn State does not turn the ball over, and they do not allow you to get to the offensive glass. So that offensive spacing with those two factors, I like Penn State winning. Yeah, Penn State makes threes. They're a very tough team to beat. There's always a 12-5. Who's the 12 that you like? Yeah, I've got, I like this VCU game. Uh, talk about upsets. You've got to own the identity and rhythm of the game. That's what TCU does. Excuse me, VCU does. I'll tell you how they do it. They extend their defense. And when you play against St. Mary's, you limit your exposure after defending the half court. They're a relentless offensive rebounding team. They turn their opponents over a quarter of the possessions. They've got great depth, great athleticism. I think just like Gonzaga beat St. Mary's by extending their defense, I think VCU can do the same. All right, outstanding. My Uncle Seth, no relation. Seth Greenberg, much more from you as the show continues today. Now, the women's NCAA tournament field was also revealed last night. Undefeated South Carolina, no surprise. The top overall seed, they are the defending champion. And our Rebecca Lobo thinks they will be another tough out when the dance begins. As long as this team stays healthy and plays their basket best basketball, I don't see them getting beat. They have all the ingredients that you need. Not only do they have dominance at every starting position, they have an incredibly deep bench this year. They have the experience of winning the national championship a year ago. This senior class has been to two Final Fours. If this team stays healthy, if this team plays to the best of their ability every game, I just don't see them getting beaten. Gamecocks are a minus 180 favorite to win the title at Caesars. Next closest team is plus 800. So that's about as prohibitive as it gets. South Carolina can become just the fourth program to win back-to-back -back titles. Will be the first to do it undefeated since UConn in 2016. So don't forget to fill out your brackets with us. The ES Tournament Challenge, ESPN Tournament Challenge, excuse me, as you can see, over 4.1 million brackets have already come in and yours should be next. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge, fill out your men's and women's brackets. All right, as we continue next, will it be a field of dreams in Chicago? Did the Bears make the right decision dealing away number one? We're talking about that next. It's Get Up on ESPN. You're watching the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon. Download the Tournament Challenge app and fill out your men's and women's brackets now.
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. bracket has never been easier with the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. It's free, so just scan and bam, you're ready to go. The app lets you fill out as many as 25 men's or women's brackets by using one of our simple autofill options that automatically makes picks for you. Still not sure who to pick? Just go with your gut. You can pick your favorite team to win it all or pick a big upset and tap finish my bracket to fill in the rest. It is that easy. Tip-off is coming. Download and fill out your brackets now with the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. In the meantime, let's play a game of fact or fiction. Mike T., the Cowboys need to sign OBJ right now. Is that fact or fiction? Fact. They still haven't replaced Amari Cooper from a year ago. There's no options in free agency. You may lose Dalton Schultz, and you need flexibility going into the draft because you may need a corner if you lose somebody like Anthony Brown. So he may not be the same guy, but boy, he solidifies that position opposite C.D. Lamb. Orlovsky, the Panthers should draft Bryce Young with the top pick in the draft, which they picked up over the weekend. Is that fact or fiction? Fact. He's the best player in the draft. His tape reminds me the most of Joe Burrow out of LSU. I understand that he is not the biggest person in the world. Could I see them taking a flyer on Anthony Richardson because of his incredible talent? Absolutely. C.J. Stroud's the best natural passer of the football in this draft and is a perfect match for Frank Reich. But my goodness, Bryce Young is a tremendous talent for the Carolina Panthers if they take him. Meanwhile, also from that trade, Graziano, if I said the Bears are going to make the playoffs now, in part because they got D.J. Moore in that deal, would that be fact or fiction? I'm going to go with fiction just because I think they're more than one offseason away uh, in Chicago. I expect them to be better, uh, but I think the Lions are going to be a force to be reckoned with in that division. Minnesota's probably going to be better on defense coming off a 13-win season. I I think the Bears are more than one off-season rebuild away from being content. Well, D.J. Moore could be a guy they really needed. He hauled in a career-high seven touchdowns last year, had a 1,000-yard receiving in three of his first five years, and now joins a skill position group that, look, maybe not the best in the league, but they've got a bunch of good young players there. Cole Komet, a good tight end. You've seen we like Khalil Herbert. They've got the ninth pick in the draft to play around with now. We'll see what they wind up doing here. That's what they got from Carolina, among many other things in this deal. So I turn to you, Mike Tannenbaum. You're a general manager. How did you think Chicago did in this trade of sending away the number one pick? I like the trade. I thought they got really good value for trading back eight spots. But ultimately, this will come down to, Greeny, is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields. Who is the best quarterback of those three? And my concern 
about Justin Fields remains the same. As Hembo has reminded me, he has 140 sacks, turnovers, and interceptions over the last two years, the most of any quarterback in the NFL, and he's only played 27 out of possible 34 games. Now, look, he hasn't had a lot to work with offensive line skill players. That's been well documented. But when you have that many negative plays, that is alarming. I love C.J. Stroud. I love Bryce Young. I've been on the record. I would take Bryce Young over Justin Fields. That would have been my decision. But, Greedy, in terms of the trade, they did a great job of maximizing value. That's what's going to be watched here going forward. People will remember that decision. Quarterback decisions get made. Orlovsky, how do you see, A, the decision, and B, now that it's been made, what does this all mean for Fields in Chicago? Justin Fields will play MVP-level football for the next two seasons. And, and that's what the Bears believe, and this trade helps that. I like to trade for both places. Carolina needed to jump, and now Justin Fields has a chance. I mean, Mike T., when you say he hasn't had a lot to work with, I, I, would, I would argue that, like, he's had the worst situation in the, in the NFL to work with. And I understand that you point out 140 sacks, interceptions, and uh, turnovers or whatever, the, the – how many of those are sacks? Of course he was sacked a ton. It was the worst offensive line in football. Now he has competent help around him. I would pose this question because everyone is going to correlate this situation to Jalen Hurts. I'd also correlate this situation to um, excuse me, uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo. Who was more impressive their first two years in the NFL as players in the NFL? Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields and Josh Allen. Who's been more impressive their first two years in the NFL? Justin Fields and what he did with what he had is actually more impressive than the first two years of Jalen Hurts' career or the first two years of Josh Allen's career. And then both those teams said, we're going to get you help. And look what those two players blossomed into. Justin Fields is going to play awesome for the next two years. I think that's reasonable to say. I would throw into the equation, because I understand that some of the advanced metrics show that some of the turnovers and some of the sacks were actually Fields' fault and not the result of a bad offensive line. He's had new offenses both years that he's been there, right? They fired the coach after the first year. The first year, the coaching seemed uncertain about whether they really wanted to go with him or not. They were absolutely lame ducks going into the beginning of that year. Fields has had everything in the world working against him. That doesn't mean he's better than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, but there are a lot of reasons. And the Bears have made the decision to focus on the positives they saw from him this year as opposed to the negatives and think he can build on those if they help him out. To that point, D.J. Moore was a critical part of this trade. They had talks with other teams. The Raiders, I am told, were in on this and had a very similar framework in place to move up from 7-1 to one to get a quarterback, but they didn't have the D.J. Moore-type piece that Chicago was looking for. So think about that. That's two big spots that Chicago's back at 9 instead of 7. That's how important it was for them to get this kind of player because they feel like he's the kind of receiver that Justin Fields needs. Works well in the middle of the field, a place where Justin Fields likes to operate. So th- th- this is their focus on making the team around Justin Fields better this offseason. Wait a minute. So what you're telling me is that the Raiders yeah, were in on I'm this told. trade yes, that they were one of the teams. for the number one pick. Yeah. And up until Friday is when the deal got made, right? That the, the trade took place on Friday night. The days and then all of a sudden, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers New York Jets talks got a little. <laughs> oh, are you doing? <laughs> I don't want to start doing the windy fingers. I think you here. do want to do that. But I mean, that's very strange. That's a very, very strange, it is very strange coincidence that all of a sudden. 
the Raiders lost the opportunity to get the number one pick, and then Aaron <laughs> Rodgers ghosted the Jets. I, 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 that just strikes me as a very strange coincidence. And, Greeny, I'll say this. I never understood why the Raiders were not in on Aaron Rodgers. To me, it makes too much sense, despite what's going on right now. I just feel like when you look at Aaron Rodgers and being close to California, being reunited with Devontae Adams, and they need a quarterback – it makes sense to me. Look, I just need to entertain myself. Do you understand <laughs> that, people? Doing I'm job. doing the best I can to hold this yeah. together. I, all things considered, I think I'm doing it remarkably well. Do I have to? <laughs> is it, that's it. I mean, that's Wendy, he came up with the genius moment. And I, look, I hope, I hope to God I'm wrong. And, and we will see. We'll ask Shefty. Graziano does it. It's not, to be clear, you're not telling me no, but I mean, that like, the Raiders were in on it. Like it Shefty just starts sort of feels the show by saying sense. it's either retirement or the Jets. Right. Right? But, I mean, he also said no, it could be another team. I mean, I don't know. No one knows because it's Aaron Rodgers. And that's, yeah, I guess, what we all, and by we, I mean me, have to get used to living with. All right, everyone, don't move. We have much more on this as we continue. Lewis Riddick is going to jump in. It's D-Day for A.A. Ron. It is now or never. we got three hours for this thing to happen, or maybe it doesn't. Shafty rejoins us next. 